0: I'd like to welcome you all to another episode of the Lodestone Training and Consulting Podcast. I'm Jared Ross, and with me today are Chris Johnson. Chris number two. And Martin the Blacksmith. That's right. Thank you, Martin. Glad you're here. Thank you for letting me come. Uh, before we really get going,
1: Chris, it's all yours. Hey, folks. Um, I may try and get through this in uh, one effort. Uh, it's kind of hard to talk about, but um, from the bottom of my heart, I have to say thank you. For all of the support that this circle, this community uh, this family has given to me and my daughters in this this time um, I am so grateful and absolutely impressed with all of you the the messages, the cards uh financial support that i I did not even expect just absolutely amazing. You guys have made an extremely difficult time in our lives um, possible. We've been able to get through things that no one should ever have to get through. And it's with support. And I'm, I'm so grateful to all of you out there. And I'm honored to know all of you and have you in my life. I really appreciate you guys. And... I hope that i will be in a position that i can help if anything happens i hope nothing like this happens to any of you um i'm just truly grateful that uh that we have each other and thank you Uh, my daughters thank you uh our our family um my wife pam's family um out in utah (laughs) they were blown away that in their mind, strangers, uh, would have this level of compassion. And I had many opportunities to share with them what, what true family is. Uh, some of, some of our friends and family, um, tuned in to Pam's, uh, memorial service. It blew people away. How many of you reached out to us? Uh, you taught people lessons about what it is to mourn with those that mourn. And, um, thank you. And, uh, I'm just really grateful to know you guys. Cool. So, this,
0: today, what we want to talk about is the Life Fighter Challenge. So, as we're recording this, we just did it yesterday, and I thought it was a very, very good event, and it went over uh, even better than what, what I anticipated. We want to start with, with the idea, and I guess it's an idea that I've been kicking around for years now.
1: Uh, you and I at SHOT Show in 2019. I, I, one of the lunches or dinners that we had together, we yeah. started talking about this. And it stuck out to me. You were like, we need a competition where they have to shoot the Pennsylvania uh, long rifle. And, uh-huh. I, and I was like, you mean the Kentucky long rifle? <laughs> and, <laughs> you, want to educate you? and then you educated me on uh, on that whole thing. Uh-huh. That's uh, right. But at the time, I was living in Tennessee, so I, I had to be like, well, it's the, it's the Kentucky long rifle. Now that I'm in Pennsylvania, yeah. No, they stole it from us. Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah. This is my adopted state. So,
0: like like you were saying, it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time, wanted to do a competition, but also something where you're kind of competing against other people. Really, you're, you're competing against yourself. Uh, Doing your, that hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that real gut check. because. Like I put out and like I mentioned yesterday a couple times, as well as I put out in, in our social media posts and other places describing this event, we just do not do hard things really anymore. We're so pampered. We're so uh, life is easy. So wanted to do something that was hard, and it would be, you know, that individual against
1: an individual. To, to quote the poet, "I against I." One of the things that I really enjoyed about the Life Fighter was it wasn't a game it wasn't that you could um you didn't know all the, st- the stations you didn't know what you were going to be doing you couldn't memorize things yeah um there was no walk through yeah there wasn't a
2: sit there and figure out where your left foot's gonna go for this
1: and yeah it was that true challenge you show up and you have to be that light fighter yeah you have to be good at all these different things and you had kind of an idea what you need to prepare for yeah and there's gonna be some shooting there's gonna be some walk-in you just didn't know what kind of shooting. Yeah, I like. I really like that. It's that again, more of a test than you know, some board game.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. It, some of the inspiration that I took from it too is is EIB as well as as yeah. a- SF selection. You know, uh, that's the expert infantry sorry. badge. Yeah, you're yes. Right. Um, and, and yeah, so selection.
1: Uh, I'm uh, gonna and jump in here. I go just ahead. gotta say this, um, because I get the Philmont thing a lot. Yeah. Who has their EIB? See, I was fighting the entire time.
0: I never had the time to do my EIB. And, and I'm saying that, and then my buddy Darren, you know, my battle buddy, he's like, that's not true. You could have done EIB. I'm sure that's what he's thinking. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but that's my excuse. Does, does, Darren,
1: does Darren have an EIB? You know, he might. I hope he does. He just, he just might. Yeah. I, if you do, please take a picture of it. Send it to us. We'll put it up on the Instagram. <laughs> yes. Um, I might find an old... Set up be to use as an EIB. It I, on it. I, I actually used to wear my EIB with my combat patch, because so many people were running around division. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, this is before I went selection. With the CIB, be like, oh, I don't need an EIB. I, I, have got my CIB. Oh yeah, I have both. You know. Yeah. The real question is with true blue. True blue. Yes, I was true blue. Really. Yes. Good for you. Yes. And I was. I was really terrified about the hand grenades because. Uh, I didn't grow up throwing baseballs. You know, I, I always that w- I'm going to suck at that. I'm going to suck at that. So I, I, what happens when you know you're going to suck at something? You practice it. Yeah. Yeah. I got up there and smoked the hand grenades. So now,
2: you grew up throwing handfuls of confetti or like lettuce, <laughs> potatoes. I don't know what they it throw. It was flowers.
1: It was flowers. Okay. Yeah. California. All right. okay. Oh gosh, you know. <laughs> I had to break it up. I will say this. <laughs> there was one station that I got over. And that was the Mark 19. Now, I could have passed the Mark 19. I know I could have passed the Mark 19 because I practiced the Mark 19. However, there was a guy in my squad, and he's still in, but uh, he knows who he is. Uh, great guy. He actually came out to Pam's funeral. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he's a yeah, good dude. Yeah, he's Glad a I'm really out. good dude. Um, this is, you know, just, sorry, I'll jump on this uh, for a second. This is a brother. He told his chain of command when they're like, oh, I don't know. You have a school that you need to go to. He said, it's my brother. I'm going. You can mark me down as AWOL or you can give me leave. And he bought a plane ticket and flew out. He didn't know when he was out there if he was on leave or, or AWOL. Or AWOL oh, man, that's awesome. Because he was like, no, it's my brother and I'm going to be there. And I mean, yeah, it says a lot for that guy because maybe 10, 15 years ago, more people could get could, away with could that. Could get away with that. Because the chain of command yes. would understand. Yeah. yeah. These days, the, man, yeah. not so much. Yes. So this individual. We were in the 82nd together. We were in the same squad. We're doing EIB. He did not know the Mark 19, and it is just raining. There are mud puddles <laughs> everywhere. And he goes up to the NCIC, the, the non commissioned officer in charge of that station, and says, if I do the beach whale, will you give my entire squad a go? And the guy's like, what's the beach whale? He's like, okay, if I make you guys laugh hysterically, the, the NCIC is like, sure you know if you make us all laugh we're all pretty miserable it's raining you know it's cold so this individual strips off his clothes he's just got his ranger panties on and takes off haul, and just does like a full-on slide like you're, you're going down a slip and slide uh-huh. into one of these puddles and pretends to be a beach whale, little little flippers flipping, you know, splashing water, you know, making whale noises, arching his back, just looking like a complete idiot. But everyone's busting up. And, he, and the guys, like, give me your papers. Come here. I'm just, I'm sorry. You guys are all a go at this station. So nice. So you cheated. That's I, what you said. I did cheat. So you didn't get your EIB. Is that what you're oh. confessing to the world? The internet's forever. The internet is forever. And I'm saying that I. Uh, I know with full confidence, and uh-huh. you know, I am an eighteen Bravo. So yes, I could pass. Yes, now yes, you could. now for sure. Uh, but at the time, I could. That's I awesome. knew that I could. Um, what I'm saying is, sometimes creative solutions have to become come up for uh, complex problems. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, we were able to get our EIBs. Cool, nice. you know. Uh,
4: Martin, yes sir. You're a Marine. Did, did, you guys, yeah,
0: did, did you guys? Yeah. Uh, did you guys? Did you when you went through boot? Did you guys have the crucible then,
4: or is that after no, your time? No, I'm old school. Marine. Okay. Uh, I went through boot camp in 94. Okay. And we did, uh, it was three months. And then uh, afterwards, uh, back then, there was a split in the Corps. Uh, everybody goes to Marines as a rifleman. You're all, uh, we're all trained to defend assault beaches, all that. But... After that, your MOSs get split. So if you're infantry MOS, you go to school of infantry. Mm-hmm. I was motor transport. Okay. Right? So I went to marine combat training. Now, marine combat training has now been incorporated into what you guys call the crucible. Okay. So it's now a four month boot camp. It used to be, you know, three months boot camp, and then it was like four or six weeks, honestly, I can't remember. Yeah. Of the combat training. And it's all specialized. Most of it's on defense.
0: Okay. All right. Mm so you know just for
4: you know for the marine combat training side just uh for i guess to specify it back when i was in the non-infantry we were still trained as riflemen yes but you didn't have as much dedication to it there wasn't as much uh emphasis okay on that it was more about your job so
0: tracking so to circle back to to the inspiration you know, every good, successful organization, they, they have that, that test or they have that initiation, they have that hazing, they have something that everyone, you know, if you really want to do it, if you really want to be in, you're going to be willing to put in the effort, you're going to be willing to put in the, deal with the hazing or, or do something to, to accomplish that. You know, in SF, we have selection. And then of course we have all the other courses and, and schools we go through through the Q course, but then I think one of the other definitive ones is going through, through Sears School. Where you go and, you know, you, you go to Camp Slappy and you endure that, you learn from that, and then when you come out, you're, you're, you're a changed person. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I wanted to do and accomplish, is I wanted to, to make this hard, make it a, an event, um, have it as a group so you're motivated to, to you know, do the best you can against another individual, but really it's, it's, you're just driven against yourself. You're learning something about yourself as you suck yeah. through that.
1: Cool. So, hey, you cool. know, when, when we go through something like that as a group, you kind of gain that uh, that group identity. You feel like, hey, we did the light fighter together. You have that brotherhood now. And those that didn't come out to the light fighter that are going to see other people at classes wearing that light fighter shirt. They're gonna be like, oh, man, I missed out it's that uh, again i'm not a shakespeare guy so i'm not going to make the quote exactly correct but you know it's henry the 5th like those that find themselves in their beds this day you know they're going to mourn that they weren't here till the day they die or something like that yeah. yeah someone out there is like saying it verbatim i just heard it once and i was like that's exactly right we miss out on things in life and these challenges where you participated, these individuals came together and participated and challenged themselves in a society that doesn't challenge themselves anymore. They put themselves above the people that don't challenge themselves.
0: I like, uh, you reminded me the patent version of, of that speech. Now, if I can remember, verbatim. Yeah,
1: don't, don't say it verbatim because then I'll feel bad for, you know. no, no, no.
0: He said, uh, 30 years from now, when your grandson's sitting on your knee and he asks you what did you do in the great world war Two? you won't have to say well i shoveled shit in louisiana
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <sighs> Patton, what a guy all right yeah so how it worked i guess what we what we can do is i'll go through and, and just talk about each stage you know just basically what it is and then um after that then we can just talk about what we saw what we observed and and You guys ran stages i didn't i was kind of you know running around everything but you guys individually worked your own stations um so what we started with was uh, an eight mile ruck and again a lot of this stuff was kind of kept quiet we wanted it to be more of a a a surprise We didn't want anyone to really war game or do anything to give them an unfair advantage we wanted to be a real experience not you know uh, i don't know something fake so we told them to be eight mile ruck march we told them that they needed to have uh, a a ruck or a pack or it could in- include their body armor if they were wearing body armor, at least thirty five pounds, not including water weight. And I don't know if it's changed, but that was the EIB standard. Yeah, it was 35 so pounds. Is. Um and then told them it was gonna be an eight hour, not eight hour, but an eight mile ruck. Actually there was one of the first fibs because it ended up being about eight and a quarter, not quite eight and a half, maybe like eight point, you know, three or something like that miles so just a little bit longer so
1: our so our pace count was slightly off Uh you know i mean you know it's no big deal because i did get some well we'll talk about that later okay so there was the ruck after the ruck and they came back
0: and they did their um got their got their time recorded then the first thing they went to is a, a short cliff climb where they had to you know with the ruck had to climb up the cliff after that the next stage was land nav so they hit land nav and there if they found their point they found an item we'll talk about the item then a little bit later (coughs) they had to take that and it was important later on following that they had to follow a path to the rifle shooting so this is where the only shooting of their own weapon that they did and it was only 20 rounds so after they were recorded for accuracy they moved on to the axe throwing and there they had three attempts to stick uh, their axe followed by that the next stage was a Kim's game, and for those of you who've listened to us before, we've talked about Kim's game and how important it is, and we've talked about the Kipling novel and, and stuff. Yep. So that took some people by surprise. That was one of the, the unknowns. Um, after that, they did a
1: stock, which everybody failed.
0: <laughs> 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 we'll
1: talk about that too. I, I will say, so, unknown reason. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of people say, "How do they do on the stock?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know." <laughs> Uh, then they went to fire starting follow following
0: the fire starting stage they went to a black powder stage so i again i think that was uh some people knew about that but i think of most people that kind of caught them by surprise that they'll be shooting black powder and and actually doing the william tell because it wasn't an arrow it was black powder but they shot shot at an apple and then following the black powder then the last stage was the, the med stage where uh yeah they had to perform a task. Uh, at that medical station, and then after that, that they were done. So, all said and done, we had some people who were were recording on the wrist. We get well. We told them an eight uh, mile ruck followed by roughly a two mile loop, and then what was some of the yeah distances? some of the guys who
2: was twelve to fourteen
0: miles yeah total yeah. So at at the end, there were some guys who were who
1: were broke off. Oh yeah, but uh yeah, it's a good time. So, you know, it's uh. In this day and age, like I wear a Garmin uh, watch, it tells me how many miles I walk in a day. and It's not uncommon uncommon for me to look down and see that, hey, I've walked eight miles today. Yeah, those miles were broken up over almost a 24-hour period, that Uh counts every step. You know, I get up off the couch, I walk to the kitchen, you know, I get a sandwich. Uh, It counts all those steps. Walking eight miles at one time with a ruck on Trying to do it for time, that's a completely different experience. So I know there were a couple of people that made that comment, like, I know that I walk eight miles, you know, I do, I do it all the time. Yes, but you don't do it in two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah with a pack on the entire time. Yeah, and that's 12 to 14 miles with the ruck on. Yes. Was, because they carried their rucks through the whole thing. The whole um, thing. They carried their weapons through. Not the on round, the ruck, yeah, but as soon as on, they got that on the back, round yeah. robin, they carried their rifles. Yep. Uh, and it was very interesting, I, I, at the station I was, I saw a, you know, there were individuals that carried their weapons slung, ready to use, and there were individuals were like, uh, the rules say I have to carry it, so they put it in the rocks. Yes, I did see that. Yep. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, you know, some people are getting more out of this, uh-huh. some people are just, uh, you know, I want to get over. Yeah. Well, yes, but at the same time, they we gave them the rules. Oh, I know, they I know. They were following the rules like i said i'm not uh some people
2: got more out yeah. of it yeah. one guy said he told me that uh it wasn't so much carrying the weight it was when they take their pack off and put it back on he's like that that's what <laughs> that was the worst doing me, in. He's like, that's the worst <laughs> and thing we all
1: know that feeling yes. uh-huh
2: yeah
0: speaking of which that the rucksack flop that's that's glorious <laughs> yes <laughs> to get up after the rucksack flop not, not, not so much. glorious so let's uh we started with the ruck uh, we kicked off was roughly 7.30. It was, think? according to the pilot, 7.32. 7.32? Okay. Yep. And she was running the... Yeah, she was, yeah, running, she that was running the timer. <laughs> so it was over this particular time. It was on on a dirt road with various elevation. There were a couple of hills and everything. What was nice is it was a little bit downhill to start with. So when they hit the turnaround point and came back, it was... Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah, with a nice little... Nice little hill coming up. A yeah. little grade. And there were a lot of guys who started out, you know, what i expected really. Some guys took off running, some guys who've been prepped and prepared and been preparing for it, then other guys just just took a stroll, you know, one foot in front of the other, weren't really cared about, you know, how
1: fast they were going, they just wanted to complete it. Well, one of the things that i noticed, man, this is, you know, reflecting back into my own life. I uh, I was that guy that would start running, you know, eib um I would do the—it's a 12-mile. I'm going to try and get this done in under three hours. I'm going to try and get this done in under two hours and 45 minutes. Um, that was when I was younger. Yeah. I, would, I would burn all the gas that I had and not think about saving anything for later. Yeah, Becoming the, the Green Beret, going through selection, and the Q course, that was one of the things that I, I got taught, that tactical patience— you don't need to use everything you have and just have 10% left over for the mission. Getting there is just getting there. Mm-hmm. So learning to pace yourself is, is vital. Well, yeah. one of the things that we did at each stage or
0: what we tried to do at each stage is we had a, a statement or a little bit of history of you know, that we tried to relate with the light fighters to this particular stage. And for, for the Ruck what was that thing i talked about what the warrior's path the warrior's path and a lot of people aren't as familiar with the warrior's path as in time past so the warrior's path i think we've talked about it here once or twice but the warrior's path is a generic name for a wide uh, selection of trails that went all the way from like new york all the way down to florida georgia tennessee and this was you know pre-colonial days so the young men of all the various Indian tribes in the north and in the South they would take this warrior's path or, you know take them what weeks, months sometimes traveling these the series of of trails they' get up to either to the north or to the south and, and as a test of strength and they would go ahead and you know contend with with some of these various tribes and it was part of their their growing up trying to be men and I think what the appalachian trail um i eighty one Eleven fifteen, 15 they all come through here in this area in pennsylvania those are all leftovers from from that actual warrior's path so that was one of the hints was trying to drop yes you need to do this eight mile ruck but that that's not it that's only getting yeah, it's like that, jumping yeah you know, i don't care if you're halo that, that's just the way you're getting to the yeah, fight that's yeah. when you really need to do stuff yeah so that's step one <laughs> yeah exactly so i know for, for me like uh what i've developed into with with rucking um, starting with the 82nd, where I didn't really know any better. But then when I went to selection and other stuff, I saw guys who would just sprint. And maybe there are some physical specimens, and there were. There are some studs yeah. who, who could run that whole way. That wasn't me. I always started a little bit slow, let a pack get in front of me. And then as it started to thin out, maybe, depending on how long it was, maybe the first half mile or mile, then I would like, okay, the guy in front of me, I need to beat him. And that was my motivation was to catch that guy and pass him. Then there'd be somebody else in front of him. So I would
2: just be, be passing those guys up. That's how I approached it. Yeah, I like to look back at them, too, as you're passing them, and smile just to, <laughs> to feed off of their misery. Yeah. Well, I'd like, to, uh, I'd like a young man to introduce himself.
0: You are? Get right up here and Get close to that mic. Closer. You can do it.
2: Don't, don't be shy.
0: Yeah, don't be shy. Closer. Yeah, you got to get closer. I'm Aiden. Aiden. And Aiden, you helped us out yesterday. That is correct, yeah, one of the things you did is you uh, hung out at mile number two and mile number six with the water and the gatorade, so you saw all these guys pushing themselves and and sucking as they walked past you. What were some of the things that you saw and and tell us what what you thought with you know with the facial
3: expressions and things that they were doing? At first, they're all mainly grouped together, yeah, like <laughs> at first, they're all mainly grouped together. You know, just starting out, as it got more at the six miles, you could tell who was really running at first and who was really just walking most of it. Yeah.
0: you remember the very last guy?
3: Which one? The guy that DNF'd or No, the guy... no, no, not, not guy. <laughs> no, not that guy. No, not that guy. The other guy. Yeah. yeah.
1: Can yeah. you uh, explain that acronym?
3: Do not finish? Okay, thank you, thank you. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, no, the other guy. What did he look like? uh he it looked like he walked most of the way he he was obviously tired so it didn't look like he had much mental I mean physical preparation for it but he did finish it yeah he did finish it
0: I was thinking as I saw him there at the end of near the end of the ruck and saw how much he was struggling um and maybe he didn't prepare for it uh, Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I kind of agree with you. It didn't seem like he did. But the look of determination on his face was, was pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I congratulated him, I think, more so than almost anybody else who came across that finish line because he did it. He put one foot in front of the other just like everybody else, just like the very first guy who was screaming through through that uh, eight-mile ruck, and he did it. So, again, who was he competing against? He was just competing against himself, and he won. Cool. Thank you.
2: It looked like he was testifying in front of a trial. I know.
0: I know. Pretty intense. (laughs) All right. So after
2: that rock um, and they got their times, then they went ahead and they hit your station. Yep. Moved over to station one was the uh, rock climb. So it was a, man, I, I bet you that thing was probably 30 feet. Okay. From the bottom to the top, yeah. as far as like, if you drew a straight line across. I bet you it was about 30. Okay. Um, I know Officer 29 posted on his media a little video. That does not do it justice. It was, it, it was a steep cliff. Um, so, yeah, um, they, uh, they got in a harness at the bottom, tied in, and uh, I belayed them up. I had a, uh, a pull rope to assist them, which I think the first 10 guys, probably about the first 10 guys got over. After that, it was just a muddy, super yeah, mess. Yeah. So uh, the the last uh, what twenty, about last twenty guys, they, they had a little rougher. But they, yeah, so they uh, they pulled themselves up, got to the top, and then uh, moved on. But uh, I think it was that same guy had that just that sheer determination of yeah. I'm going to make it to the top of this. Yeah. I don't care if it takes me all day. And he did. He did, he made it. He, he yep. made it. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I know that was one of the things that climb that we did not inform anybody about. No, nobody knew about that. In fact, a lot of them got there, looked up, it's like, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna climb up that? Like, <laughs> and most people don't know anything about climbing. Yeah. Nothing. You know, in fact, I would have them come basically to the, about the base of the climb. I'd take all the slack out, and, all right, lean back. You know, just – for me, it was an equipment test to make sure everything's working for them. And for them, it's a – Who've never done it before. That's a confidence builder. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, man, trust fall. Just lean back. And you could tell. So they're, like, holding the pole rope. No, man, just put your arms out to the side and lean back. And then they'd lean back. It's like, all right, see, I got you. Uh If you fall, you're not going far. So, yeah. And you just tell the look of, like, you know, just that panic of I'm leaning back (laughs) and just hoping this guy at the top who – (laughs) Doesn't look like he's very smart, can maintain what he's got. But, yeah. uh, yeah. I can laugh now.
0: I can laugh at them now. Um, Yeah. Being a guy who was on a mountain team who – that wasn't my choice. My sergeant major said, you're going to 3-3. Okay. And so I went to that mountain team with a natural, uh, very healthy fear of of heights. So I still did everything. Did all the climbs. Did did everything. I didn't miss anything. But, boy, it was – I wouldn't even say it was an adventure. It was it was something else every time I, I got climbing. Dude, I hate going up ladders. Yeah. I, yeah.
2: I'd be <laughs> up there like,
1: Jeff. Now, you'll agree with me, Chris, that, like, once you get past 10K, you know, looking out over the ramp, you can't tell the difference of the height, so it doesn't bother oh, yeah. you. But getting on, like, the 34-foot tower... That's like, I don't know if I want to go out. Oh, oh, yeah. Second time out, that 34-foot tower jump school was the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life. I mean, being a static line guy, then going to free fall, because I had to be in group for like nine years before I got to go to free fall. Not that I'm bitter. Um, You 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 didn't go right after you didn't. I didn't just show up. You know, I had to earn it. Um, Man, sometimes (laughs) I hate you. Uh, But, like... I was timid. I was like, you know, I, I don't like jumping all that much, but I really want to do this. Like, this is one of those, like, gates, like, I really want to do this. And then when the first time, you know, because you stand there and you're waiting for your individual to go, I'm looking out, I'm like, this is so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know I'm higher, but I don't really know that I'm higher. Like, I uh-huh. I actually like this better. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. So And
2: just the fact that no one really i guess it's a very niche sport not a lot of people do yeah. it you yeah. know so mo i'm i think there's only a couple guys that were actual like had done some climbing or had some climbing yeah. experience so i think that was just a, a great challenge because that's completely out of most pretty much everybody's wheelhouse and even the guys that did have the experience they're like man i haven't climbed in like 10 years uh, so you did know, they ever was, climb with a stupid tick on their back yeah yeah it, Oh, yeah. And yeah. that was the other thing is they had their rucksack and their weapon. Yeah. You know, one guy's like, man, I wish we didn't have that. I was like, well, you could leave it down there, but you're going to have to rappel down and get it and then come back up again. Like, uh-huh. You can do that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll I'm you. here for you, man. <laughs> but, yeah, so that uh, good experience for, for yeah. all, those, all those folks going through it. And, and
0: I think that that was a – mentally, that was a good thing because everyone can – I know this ruck march is going to suck. I've walked before. I've walked maybe a long distance before. So they could conceptualize that and prepare themselves somewhat. Mm-hmm. But to take them immediately from now I'm walking to the known to turning virtually. They had to walk down a little path, but they basically turned a corner and, and were surprised. Oh, here's a rope. I got to do what? Just that metal-like yeah. shock. That
2: was, yeah, that was good for them. And then a good confidence yeah. booster when they made it up. Yeah, that same young man from the uh, Wilderness survival that was there. That built his shelter and stayed
1: overnight in it. You know. No, that was that was a different guy. Wait, yeah, it was d- different guy. Oh wait, that was yep. a, that was a younger one. Yeah. Yep. Um, but no, no, that, that kid wants to come uh, in December, and I hope to see him yep. as his, his younger brother and his dad there. Yeah. He's yeah. But there.
2: yeah, same thing that with that kid after he made up that thing. You know, you just see in his eyes that that much more confidence in him. Yeah. You know, so I it's, didn't get to see him at the end, but I I'm just, sure he had that like. Oh you know what,
0: I respect his dad too much. I won't say what his, his dad said. So I, I, I won't mention how his dad came and was semi-emotional thanking us for who, for who we are and what, what we've done for, his, for him and, and for
1: his, his two sons. It, all of us, like yeah. you guys talking about that uh, Philmont thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, when we've done things that were difficult, especially when we were young, that made us into the men that we are. You know, having those challenges. How many people now, this day and age, like, shoot, my own kids. They don't, they're not pushed. They're not pushed enough. They're not tried. And it's. I don't want my children to have a hard time, you know. So I'm going to make sure that things are easy for them. Uh, we. I brought all my girls up there for this. We camped out and, you know, go figure it out. Yeah. Dad's not going to tell you the answer today. And they were, those were some of the highlights that they had when we were driving home. We were talking about it. Being able to figure those things out. We need trials. We need things that are hard. It's where we grow from. So
0: my three oldest boys all, all participated. They all, they all did it. And um, they, all three of them had successes. All three of them, you know, didn't do so hot in some of the stages. But when I saw finally the first couple guys were, were showing up, and uh, I wanted to go down just to see who they were and then, and, you know, congratulate them, encourage them, then tell them, you know, stop loafing and get over to, to the <laughs> cliff, you know. Uh, I went down there and there was probably about five, the first five, maybe six people finished. And I started looking around and, oh, I, I recognize these guys from classes, some of them I know. And I'm like, man, these are, these are men. In the classical sense, these are men that I really respect because I know in their day jobs, they push themselves and, and they perform ver- really well. They have pushed themselves in prior classes and they clearly push themselves, I think. So for that eight mile of, over various terrain, um, well, what was it, like 8.3 or whatever, uh, the tops the top score was two hours and, and three minutes. So that's not bad. Yes, there are people who can definitely go faster by running the whole way, but but that that was a pretty good time. That was,
1: go ahead. On uneven terrain and unknown terrain yeah yeah. you know a lot of those guys drove up there in the dark they didn't know what that road looked like yeah uh you know i in my heyday i could run eight miles very easily yeah even with a rucksack on in that i would have been pushed to have those times Yeah. you know and especially thinking that i have two more miles round robin yeah those are excellent times Mm -hmm. so i'm looking at these men
0: and then i realize one of my sons is there so then you know me being me like hey you come here so I'm, I'm lazy. I'm in my, in my truck. You know, I haven't done anything. I'm just like <laughs> sitting in this glorified throne on reels wheels, pretending like I was Lord Almighty or whatever, Lord Humongous. You know, uh, yelling at all, all my peeps. Anyway, so I'm sitting there. go, come here. So he comes over, and he's he's pretty tired, and I can see he he's sore and achy, and looks like he's got a cramp in one of his calves. The way he's walking, and he comes over, and like you know, me being me, better stand attention. I'm talking to you, boy. So he does his best to at attention, and i just i started to get emotional i'm like do you see all these men these men that i respect and i'm pointing to like the three guys or four guys who were there and he's like yeah and i go you're among them and i was so proud of him for pushing himself he came in uh i think he came in fourth place out of all those participants and man i i started tearing up (laughs) and i'm getting emotional (laughs) now just knowing that he he pushed himself there i we all know our children and we have a pretty good gauge of what they're capable of. And it's wrong for a parent to keep hounding and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to force them to, to their potential. What we have to do or what I think the wisest thing parents do is encourage and and show support and, and have patience. And you really want them but you can't force them so you can only encourage them to do their best. And then when you see your child do his absolute best which he did, and pushed himself to his absolute best, that's one of the most satisfying things to see and experience. So here I am, you know, big, tough guy, at least acting like it. And I started all tearing up and starting to cry. And I'm like, oh, I'll see you later. <laughs> I had to drive away. <laughs> i yeah, gotta right, go check on something. That's right. That, that, but that important thing,
2: yeah. um, that, was, that was really cool. Yeah. But, yeah, you could just you can see it in that kid's eyes. And, you know, as an instructor, that's, that's one of the reasons we do it, is yeah. just to see people – Get better at just being them, absolutely. You know, and get that just that confidence boost. So, but yeah, it it was a good time, and the fact that they had no idea about it, you know, just made it that much better.
1: So then, after the climb, then they went to the land nav. They went to land nav, and uh, I know that that was one of the items that people knew there was going to be land nav, and. There were some individuals who were a little—I uh, I can't do an I—I'm I, gonna—I'm gonna—I'm taking my buy on this. Uh, no, no, you—you you don't want to. It wasn't so much a. Uh, here's a bunch of points. I want you to plot them. I need you to go walk this. What we wanted to focus on was why it's important to know these skills. So we had a cash recovery. There was an item that was out in the woods. It was a very simple movement. We gave them a heading. And a distance, and they had to stay on that heading for that distance and recover a, uh, a packet that they were going to need later on in the course. And I had, uh, I ran two of the, st- I started at LandNav and then I went over to Fire Starting. Uh, everyone had their packet when they showed up there. So I, I know that everyone did it, and I, I'm very happy about it. There were a couple people that, um, well, I was there at the LandNav. I would send them out on a certain heading, and they'd come back with the wrong packet. And I'd look at it like, "That's the wrong one." I'd go put it back and go get the right one. And they'd be looking to be like, "How do you know?" Oh, we numbered them. Uh huh. So yes, they're all the same packet, but you were supposed to get lane four. You got lane three. You drifted. You know, and it gave us the opportunity to talk about it, it's important that you can do those fine movements, that you can move that small distance and hold on that azimuth. do that dead reckoning. There are times that we do that kind of navigation. Um, we talked about, we've had multiple land Nav po- uh, podcasts where we talked about the big. This was the small, this was doing those fine movements. So the way I looked at this, they just did the eight mile movement to where they're gonna find this. They climbed up a cliff. They did the, the train association and uh, train recognition. And now they're doing those small movements yeah, the the guys I talked to,
2: they had all gone through a couple of your land nav courses, went and did the uh, the one up at the uh, gunpowder.
1: Gunpowder, gun yeah.
2: Yep, and uh, they they were scared because they were walking up. They're like, "Man, we know Chris." <laughs> we don't know we don't know what to think they're like they were expecting to get like four points uh-huh. that were like all like 600 meters apart and stuff and, and you know i i can't help completely myself completely surprised by well, more than one experienced person right He's, oh yeah
0: with us before oh, yeah. like direct message us or emailed us can i get a topo of the area <laughs> like <laughs> expecting yeah. exactly that yeah. yeah well
1: i i couldn't help myself you know we we have boxes of different equipment so we have like our land nav box and so we needed compasses, so you know, oh, we do did, did you put protractors? I up? put protractors up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, so when people walk up to the station, they see the compasses <laughs> hanging there and there are protractors on the ground. And I'm like, I wish I had the foresight to have printed off some maps. Because it would have been it would've been great. And you know, again, I really wanted to focus on something that was challenging and that it really this is a learning opportunity. Yeah. I know that I, I have to be able to walk that I have to be able to move in on that cash.
0: You know, let me. Before I forget, one of the key things here is we did not expect anyone to come here and be able to smoke all of these stages. We wanted people to to fail. We wanted people to come and experience something new, so they can discover their own weaknesses and realize, oh, this is an area that I'm weak in. I need to mm-hmm. focus. I need to put some more time in this.
1: I'm I'm not as good as I might have thought I was. So and, yeah, yeah, and it, it's not fail in the sense of. um man you're a failure these are incredibly hard things no these are reasonable things to be asked to do but if you're not putting everything into it it's going to be harder why was the road march the first thing not the last thing because it gave that physical tax to you it wore guys out Mm -hmm. and uh you know just like jujitsu when you go
2: to learn jujitsu what's the first thing they do it's they make you do a bunch of exercises so you're tired and you're yeah. not using muscle You're yeah. you're able to work that, to that use technique that was, yeah yeah that's one of the things i
0: i learned when i was an nco with the 82nd and then i saw some masters do it when i was going through the q course and that's when we go on those runs they would sprint for that first half mile mile and you got to six you know stay with them so you know the instructor the person leading of course he was in shape he's the one setting setting the pace right so he would sprint till, okay i'm about done then you just get in a slow jog or it would gas everybody else so everyone was you know nice slow jog but they're sucking the rest of the five miles six miles yep. whatever it was where if they would have had a nice meeting pace it wasn't so bad but mm-hmm. yeah in to begin with and yeah the rest is a struggle
1: yeah so i really like the way that the land nav worked and i'll tell you seeing everyone come through later with the packet uh huh. You could tell the package. Oh it, yeah. yeah. So it was a block of wood, a two by four, uh, you know, four inch by uh, one and a half by twelve inches. Uh, it had a tea candle and two matches and a small piece of gorilla tape, and then it was wrapped in cellophane, and that was what they had for fire starting. So I know people had in their packs like their cotton balls soaked in vaseline, yeah. and you know, at the fire scene again, we we want to make this where. It's as equal as possible. Yeah. When it, yeah. you know, equal across the board. We didn't want, well, I'm going to start my fire with a road flare because, you know. I brought it. I brought it. Uh-huh. It's in my ruck. You, you said I have to start a fire. Okay, but is that showing that you have any skill? We'll, so, we'll get to the fire yeah. stuff then. Yeah. So the, everyone showed up with their packet, and that just that was awesome to me. <clears throat> yep. Because that meant that everyone was a success. They pushed themselves. They saw some challenges. I saw guys that I knew had, they have taken multiple land nav things, and they're like, man, it was really important to use that compass correctly. Uh How many people did you have asked for the declination? I did not. I'm pretty sure almost everybody was like, hey, what's the uh, declination for (laughs) Pennsylvania? So So I I, I didn't have anyone, but I did have one guy say, now, is that uh, azimuth Grid? Or magnetic, and I'm like, it's a magnetic. <laughs> yep. One of the things I didn't even think about, but i heard
0: a couple people, um, and ask me. I mean, correct me if, if you didn't also hear it at your station, but uh, that that piece of pl- not ply, but a piece of uh, two by four and those matches and that candle, they didn't weigh very much. And I didn't even think about that because I'm not walking around this thing. But there's the people like, oh, man, I can't believe I'm going to have to add this weight to my pack. <laughs> that was a big deal. That, that two by
1: four is a big deal I, to, to put in their pack. I did make a joke about how I thought about, you know, putting like two uh, ten penny nails or something, you know, some large nails. Uh-huh. Just stick them in there. Make it awkward to carry. <laughs> Tie rock to it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. There's a difference between being mean and, you know. Yeah. I've ridden
2: that fine line. So, well, whose, whose pack was the heaviest? There was, wasn't there one that was like 50 pounds? That might have been um, the guy who's right now driving back to to T- Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, because yeah, I was talking to a group, and they were like, yeah, mine was like 41, and then one guy's like, yeah, some guy, he had like a 50-pound pack. Yeah. No yeah.
1: virtue. Yeah, that's right. Yep. You know who you are. Mm-hmm.
2: So after
0: the Land Nav, and they successfully navigated that, got their, their item, got th- their packet, Make sure it's nice and waterproof, and they threw it in the ruck. Then the next stage they had to follow the trail to was, was the shooting. Yes. And I know shooting is sexy. We do a lot of shooting classes. Um, we do a lot of good shooting classes. But one of the things that I think we try to preach is, yes, that's good. It's a necessary skill, but we want you to be well-rounded. So there really was only one shooting stage with your weapon, and when they got there, it was it was only 20 rounds, and it was four different distances five rounds move to the next distance five rounds move to the next distance five rounds and, and then five rounds and only shooting at one's bullseye so when we came to the grading and everything shooting was important and in fact the guy who who actually won he did shoot the best uh, out of those those 20 rounds than anybody else um so you know that was good but it wasn't weighed out of scale with anything else it was only one stage that was equal to all the other stages yeah.
2: so were they wearing their did they have the rucksack on for that i didn't get to see it you know i didn't put out that guidance and i don't
1: i don't know honestly Hmm. joe joe ran that i'm gonna say that they wore their rucksacks and if you weren't wearing your rucksack then you got over and just keep your mouth shut
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) but that was a pretty short stage they took that walk came down you know that hill went there and then they they shot those four uh different uh, distances and as soon as they got there and they got uh, scored, then they moved on to, you know, to the next one. So, again, it's an important, necessary skill. Oh, yeah. But and it, it's sexy. There's a lot more YouTube out there of people, uh, you know, playing with their gun than
1: doing land nav. Well, yeah, I, I'll be honest that I would rather shoot my AR than walk eight miles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've reached that point in my life where uh, it is definitely more entertaining for <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Like
2: I said, we focus on shooting, but we don't walk eight miles and then go shoot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It, not um, anymore. Yet anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so then
0: after that, then they um, went on down the trail and hit the fourth stage, which is the axe throw.
4: Martin, you ran that. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, first, I want to take a minute and say absolutely honored to be part of this event. Uh, it's a phenomenal event. Uh, you guys are a great group of people. Um, fortunate, I feel fortunate, uh, grateful maybe is a better word, to be sitting here at the table with you gentlemen. Uh, listen to your guys' podcast. just wanted to say thanks for letting me come here today. It's really uh-huh. awesome.
1: Glad to have you. So,
4: thank you. Well, so, I gotta
1: say, I'm I'm just honored to sit at the table with you because I wear one of your knives on my belt every day. You know, it's like I I got one. I got the uh, acts of kindness a few years ago. I love that. I didn't thing. realize I was you. No, Yo, that's me. That's and, awesome. Like I, I love it. Yes, uh, everything that I've touched that you have made, I absolutely love. Thank you, know, you so it, it's it's an honor to sit here with you
4: and to have been hanging out with you the last few days. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So I did the axe throwing booth. By the time these guys got to me, they'd walked about eight and a half, eight three quarter miles. About um, half of them looked about spent, like they were bouncing <laughs> off the wall. Uh, the first guy that got to me was, you know, he was pretty strong, yeah. um, but kind of made the decision right there. Okay, we're putting packs and rifles on the ground, right? I did it more out of a safety theory because we're going to use axes. We're throwing axes. Uh Let's keep it one weapon at a time. And and let's put
0: that out there. When we say axes, these are not, I don't know, Walmart $10 Bud K, you know, things that are kind of blunt. These are real axes, real tools with a nice edge that uh, I have used these axes to do all sorts of things from uh, dispatching animals to, you know, whittling with uh they've i've taken your axes with me overseas ever since i was first exposed them they've gone beyond every deployment that I, i've been on uh, these are good functional tools so we, yes we use that, that's the very wise.
3: environment class yeah yeah, yeah. 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 i mean yep.
0: so yes for safety taking that ruck off and, and, and calming down that's, that's definitely a good idea very wise
4: yeah. awesome so at that opportunity i'd have them take their packs and their rifles off and we do a hydration break you know at that point, I gave him a little history lesson on Rogers Rangers and how the Tomahawk was used. Right. And then I'd actually, uh, we gave them kind of a side question. Kind of just to, uh, the idea was to knock them off their game a little bit and get them out of their heads because they're thinking how bad their feet hurt. They're thinking about, about having to pick that pack up again. <laughs> so I, have, I had two compasses laid out one was a gold compass and one was a black compass, kind of like Captain Jack Sparrow's. So I lay it on the ground and I'd ask them which compass is pointing true north. Half of them guess the black compass now the black compass got run into an electromagnet about i don't know a couple years ago and it points due south it is 180 degrees off but it was such a great little uh experience for these guys because they learned right then and there not to trust their gear to check that compasses can be 10 degrees Mm -hmm. off compasses can be 180 degrees off and it relaxed them it gave them something else to think about. So then we step over to do the action one, and almost everybody stuck it. I think we only had four or five people that didn't. And it was a new experience for him. It was so much fun, and the enthusiasm everybody brought uh, to the booth, even though they were spent, man, they were just excited to be able to get out there and throw them. Yeah, It was so much fun to be a part of that with them. I'm and, totally stealing that compass thing in my land nav classes. I'm going to
1: trick out a compass now. Uh-huh. That, that's awesome. I love it. You showed awesome. it to me before everything started. I was like, yeah, I'm stealing that.
4: That is cool. So <laughs> I'm telling you now here publicly, it. I'm totally stealing that. You're it. not stealing or I'm giving I, it to you. I'll, I'll give them credit where <laughs> credit's due, yeah. too, too. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. So and then they go to put their pack back on and then they've got this two by four and like some of them are sticking in their pack and then there was this one guy that had it like in his like the you have the the buckle across your chest the stabilizer he had it like up inside there like (laughs) pressing it against his chest i mean it was just it was cracking me up all the different ways (laughs) these guys are trying to carry this package and everybody's complaining about it everybody (laughs) and like well what do we even need this for you'll figure it out later you want to hold on to that yeah (laughs) So, oh, that's awesome you know and then then when they uh, they were coming to me pretty staggered so I'd get them one or two at a time and then from there we'd send them up the road to Kim's game yep
1: cool so um, you set that one up didn't you? I set that up I put out 15 random items I walked around the house and then what is Kim's game okay so Kim's if you're a long-time listener you, you know you already know so yeah. I'll give the background it's a memory challenge a, a series of items or objects or, or symbols or something are placed out there and you have an, a soak, an amount of time that you stare at them. Uh, five minutes, 10 minutes, 50 minutes, six hours, whatever. And then you do something else usually and then you have to tell how many you uh, you put out there, how many items you remember. Yeah. Um, and I have used these since I, the the concept since I learned it. And I... I don't know if I was in the 82nd or if I would made it to group before because the memory is not as good as it used to be, but I will still do it. And I've used it with my children. Um, you know, I, you guys, they're long listeners, have heard the clean your room story where their room's a mess. I'm like, I have picked five items. If those items are not picked up, then I'm going to throw everything away. <laughs> and uh, the girls hurry and pick up the room because they don't know which five items I've picked. Hopefully my memory was good enough and uh, I remember what five items were. But the threat was usually enough. So I put 15 random items, a water bottle, a, a black uh, Breda M9 rubber duck that I, that I had, a, a resin copy, uh, two pieces of 2 by 4 because I had those yeah, left over. Yeah, extra, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, a, a little tiny uh, purple Space Mountain-like, uh, not Space Mountain, uh, Snake Mountain, uh, He-Man fans, you know, little tiny a miniature one of those. Um, Such a nerd. I, I sent my daughters... If you guys could only walk into Chris's living room. Oh, my oh, God. Chris, you, you would know how nerddom. much of a nerd I am. We make fun of him in here and call him nerd. That's right. Stuff, you guys have no idea the depth n- of no. my nerddom. You,
0: you you open his front door, and then there's, like, some voice that says... That he has it hooked up to something. By
1: the power of Grace Call, yeah. yeah. And then it, you shut the door. I have the power! <laughs> and, and usually my cat runs because uh-huh. he doesn't want to get turned into a better cat. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so anyways... Um, I, sim- I, I saw your cat. The, the, oh, I don't know what its
0: name is, but the one that's all black?
1: Yeah. I saw yeah. you duct tape your little skeleton guy on him and running around the house. It was Velcro. It wasn't duct tape. Uh, okay. okay. And, you know, all right. Maybe I'll put that on Instagram. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Jared's laughing right now because he's like, ah, Chris putting something on Instagram. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I had, I had my kids run into Walmart and uh-huh. grab a couple like random little toys, so I had a, a 12-inch Predator doll. Oh, nice. Yeah, stuck in a tree. Some people saw it. People kept saying Predator, and, and when they were talking, I thought to me like you had like some like velociraptor,
0: well, or, or you had we something We did else. have a raptor. Oh, really?
1: We had a little baby raptor, like a, a Jurassic Park toy <laughs> out there, and I put things at different distances yeah. uh, to the viewer. Um, one thing we put one of those little red finger puppet monsters. Okay. get As a kid, we stuck one of those in a tree right in their eyeline, but like maybe two feet from them, maybe even 18 inches. It was close. And I'll tell you, I put the things out there. And then when I sat down to like check and make sure everything was visible, I missed it and I had (laughs) stuck it there and I still missed it. Um, so I stuck my, one of my daughters uh, up there because she was there helping yeah. me. So she was going to be a runner and she thought it was awesome seeing the different people's techniques. So there are people that came up there and they were like flash. I mean, I look really quickly. I mean, you get that 30 second look because I know myself, I have super ADHD or whatever. I can't remember. So they looked and then they ran back and, and tried to write things down. Other people, they, they use their full amount of time and, She's like, there are people that are counting, people that are trying to use mnemonics where they were, you know, naming the things and saying it out loud. And she was like, it was really awesome to see the techniques. She didn't tell me who said it. She probably didn't know, but she's like, the best thing was people kept saying, or one person said, Are you Kim? (laughs) Really? Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. And and so she was like, No, it's from uh, Rudge Kipling's book, Kim. That's where this game comes from. Oh, okay. but, yeah, that, <laughs> that was a station that later on I kept hearing people talking about. Yeah. Um, and that was one, that, again, nobody knew about. No one anyone. knew, and yeah. it's, it's
0: something that we all need to know how to do. How many items did you put out? Fifteen. Fifteen? So well, son number one, uh, who was certainly in, in the middle, if not the back of the pack, when it came to, to the rucking, um, his big one of his big successes was— the Kim's game where he tied for first with 13. So there, I think there's three people who oh, had thir- 13 items. And then uh, it was, it was John who, who was running that mm-hmm. stage. He told me that as soon as he, he handed him the paper with his 13 and let go of it. So now John had possession of it. My son was, Oh, the lock. So he was that close <laughs> to getting 14 <laughs> and, and then
1: getting, getting the highest score on that. So that one, got, just really proud of the him. One of your boys upset my daughter. Because he wrote down a Johnson.
0: Oh, oh, oh really?
1: Yes, <laughs> because he thought you know he would be funny because she was up there, uh-huh. and then uh, she's like, "I guess I can't be too mad at him. He probably doesn't know that that's a slang word."
0: <laughs> which which one was that?
1: E- Enoch wrote it down. So oh, that kid, he puts his
0: foot in his mouth more yeah, than yes. Yeah. Right. So that's funny. It, <laughs>
1: I'll have to ask him about that. Will you embarrass him. I think Gwen was maybe in fourth grade, yeah, and they were teaching them how to Google right, uh-huh, and she had to google her last name. She Poor came girl. home horrified, <laughs> she's like, We are named after what? and I'm like, No, we are not named after that. <laughs> that was an awkward conversation to have yeah. with like a ten year old yeah yeah, yes, but so she was like, oh, I realized she wasn't being yeah, yeah <laughs> that that's <laughs> that, that's
0: me being a, the parent that I am and h- showing off some of his innocence.
1: Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So, yeah, I think the Kim's game, again, took people by surprise. Yep. And I heard nothing but positive feedback about doing that. Again, that's being well rounded. A lot of maybe there's some similar things or competitions or events like this that some people do. And that's not even remotely close to anything that's in some of these other ones. So that was a very good, very useful, and, yeah, outside the box. I'm glad we ran that. So after the Kims game, then they roll down to the stock. And why don't you – I know you didn't run that
2: one, but you might be the best one to to talk about it. Uh, okay. Stocking. So for oh, the I mean. stock, they, uh, they had their start point, and their finish point was the uh, – call it the Cadre Camp, I yeah, guess. Yeah, Cadre Camp. It's where uh, everybody that was running it, we – Stayed up there and uh, they had to, they were told to essentially do a recon of the cadre camp and that there was going to be people there looking for them and they had to go undetected. What they didn't know was there's was the Eagle Eye Ben <laughs> sitting in a ghillie suit covered up in the woods <laughs> looking for them. Yes. <laughs> which yes. is why nobody made it. That's right. It was very unfair putting
0: yes. them all up against my yeah youngest son.
1: Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, what Ben likes to do in the woods. We had him as a uh, a casualty on a land nav exercise. Never thing, again. Where they had to recover him. You and, know, he, like, and he knew and they're supposed to find me and recover yes, me. That, yes. I was very specific. I want to be found. Like, they are looking for you. Like, if they even get kind of close, like, sing out. And You're he, supposed to be rescued. Yes. He yes. had buried himself in leaves. He had like gotten under a log. I mean, it, he was he was bragging about. It. Yeah, they stood. They were like they were like they almost stepped on me. Yeah, they were like ten feet from me. They they could have <laughs> got me. And we're like, oh,
2: supposed to ben, find you, Ben.
1: <laughs> so that kid can
0: hide in the woods. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and it, he he was on the radio, and. It was hilarious to listen to him. It's so much fun for, for me. I didn't stop it. But he's like, okay, I can see them, and, and they're walking. Okay, so you see him, so it's a no-go. Well, maybe they can pass, but but
1: you see him, yeah, okay, they're, they're done. Next. <laughs> <laughs> well, And, you know, talking about things that there wasn't a throwaway event. There was no event that we had that was like, oh, this is just going to blow by or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah people took everything serious and man did people take that stock serious yeah there was some real concern like because the fire station was the next one after that yeah people would come in and you know we have radio and you know they're like how did i do how did i do on the stock did i do good on the stock and it's like well i don't know i'm not paying attention to that i'm, I'm paying attention to people trying to light fires you know you just don't want to crush their place I, I didn't want to crush it yeah <laughs> no you were you were actually blown the first moment no but it was that was that <laughs> okay, was really so, awesome so uh Eric, the Viking was there for, for, you know, for the previous podcast
0: and, uh, and and Ben told me, yeah, so I saw him walking down the road and then
1: he came in. So since he was on the road, he failed, (laughs) (laughs) uh, roadkill, but that was, that was awesome that everyone took it serious. Yeah. It was one of those things that I was, I was really impressed with all of the, uh, the candidates. Yeah. Yeah, I Just the mindset was was awesome. Since we're
0: talking about the stock, again, it's just it's an example of the quality of people and how, how much they really get, did care. At this point, they've been walking, what, 10 miles maybe? Yeah. Uh, 11 yeah. miles at, yeah. at least yeah. by the time they got to the stock. They're carrying the ruck on their back. Most of them are, are, are feeling it. Their feet are kind of beat up legs are tired and still they did the absolute best that they could trying to be quiet trying to where's my next step where's the next tree I need to go to you know what makes the most sense and taking it really serious next year um, if we keep this particular stage because we're gonna take some away add some that'll be a mystery again so it's always gonna be different every time we run it if we do the stock again I am not going to have that young man uh, be be the person up there. It's just not fair. (laughs) It's just not fair. Not that it's going to be a freebie, but I want people to have the ability to succeed with him there and where he was at and the limitations of of that actual lane. No one could have, you know, unless they use smoke. (laughs) Nobody could have succeeded. Yeah. So from the stock, and then after they they made their way to the cadre camp, and uh, the people who were guarding the fire – those little two they you know told them where to go then they came actually then to to the uh
1: to the your building station fire. And so now they got to find out so after they got done doing the stock they um they came to the fire sergeant with me they finally got to use that packet they they've been lugging around that the that, block or whatever everybody block hated which i think i'm going to have to weigh one of those uh-huh. and just see how much that <laughs> you know, how many ounces that actually uh, added? I'd be surprised if it was a pound. Well, I do know that ounces do make pounds. Well, you yeah, know, that's, I how mean it that, works. that's why I no longer carry those two Tylenol in my rucksack yeah. because that was just breaking me up. Called yeah. addition. It's just yeah. Too much. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Um, so <laughs> the whole concept that we had is we wanted them to use the Dakota fire hole. It's something that we like to teach in our classes. One of the reasons is it protects your fire. Uh, it is a stealthier way of making a fire. Yeah. Uh, was not going to make them dig their own fire hole. Uh, so I had eight stations set up. Looking back, I probably should have had 10. Uh, would, have, would have made things a little bit smoother. I, th- I do think some people appreciate the rest. Be able, be able to take that rucksack.
0: Oh, there, there was more than one person when I was making my rounds coming, oh, they're here. And then, like, seemed like 45 minutes later when I, when I came around again, oh, that person's still here. <laughs> and, and they haven't started
2: their fire yet. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think anybody appreciated having those holes already dug for them. Because yeah. if we needed to do more than eight, we probably needed to go up there like a week ahead of
1: time and that, dig those eight. That is some rocky ground uh-huh. to go, go and hit uh, a show. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, did he dig? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so once you put your phone down, come
0: over here, and, and how was the digging?
2: Yeah. For those of you who don't have the video, he's sitting in a corner playing on his phone because <laughs> that's what teenagers and do. he has a real sad face. Why are you so
0: down? You you drove all the way from where? Tennessee to meet your hero?
2: Flynn, who's not here, who's not here. Again. You know what he's doing? He's
1: back at home eating carbs. Uh
2: I guarantee you he's stuck with pizza in his face right now. That's actually why he does not
1: want to see us because he smells like peanut butter cups right now. Yeah. (laughs) And he knows that we'll be like, you've been eating peanut butter Uh cups. You know what I'm looking forward to now?
0: Yet again, another text. Yeah. I'm listening to the podcast. I can't believe you guys are diving me
2: out like that. Like he was in the gym working Uh Uh out. Right. Lies. (laughs) Anyways. So, how fun was it to dig those holes? Uh, There you go.
3: It was a new experience, so it was (laughs) pretty fun, but it's still digging holes. It's still digging holes. Well said. All right.
0: You can go back to your corner now. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks. So,
1: so after I abused my friend's children and made them dig holes, because I didn't do it, uh, we had it set up. They had an anvil, which not a blacksmithing anvil, but a woodworking, woodcraft, um, bushcraft, you usually have a tree stump or something that you're gonna work off of. I had a a 12 by 12 block for them to work on um, to process up that two by four. And they needed to use their knife that they brought. That was the only other item that they could use. They needed to start that fire, and the flames needed to not just lick the string that we had tied above, but actually kind of, of engulf uh, that string. Some people were able to cut through that string in three minutes. Some people, it was like 20 minutes, and they were like, the flames were just getting high enough. That I'm like, okay, you're good. Uh, you, you're, you're consistently touching it. I'll, I'll, I'll let you there. Um, and it really showed the difference uh, between people that knew what they were doing, had the, the proper equipment this is something that i'm really looking forward to martin jumping in uh on the the knife podcast because knife selection what we saw a big diversity we saw a lot of people that had um i don't know they picked their knife because it looked scary or because it was big yeah and it isn't necessarily the right thing when it comes to that task so on the
0: packing list, all that it said on the packing list was it needed to bring a sheath knife at least six, blade yes. at least six inches, no more than 12. And that was really the only guidance. Uh, some people were asking questions. Well, I don't have something that big. I only have something this large. And that's where I said, we're asking that you can bring whatever you want, really. Uh, but we're asking that so that everyone's pretty much on the same playing field. Because you're going to have to process that wood. You know,
1: for, for me, like I use right now um, my belt for bushcrafting. Yeah. I have a four inch knife but it is a bushcrafting knife if i said a four inch knife then we're going to have someone showing up and they they've got a very thin four inch blade that they're not going to be able to do it yeah that's one of the reasons why we put out the six inches because generally if you're getting a six inch blade it is something that is going to be able to do that right generally yeah okay yeah. and I, that that was one of the things that i saw a lot of people struggling with and again you guys got to tune in for the uh, blacksmithing, uh, the knife-axe podcast, because we're gonna talk a lot more about those details. Um, it was really awesome to see the different methods that people utilized, and I can't help it. I, the, the people that were there that, I would go up and be like, do you know how to process wood? If they didn't, I'd give them a few tips. Yeah, I, I can't help myself, you know. Um, Christmas. Yeah, I am Santa Claus. Uh, the beard is getting whiter and whiter by the day. Uh, but I, Chris Kringle. I thought there. he was dying it like yeah. that, but oh. it's just turned gray it, all by it, itself. Yeah, it's just it's, me being nice guy. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, it was awesome to see <laughs> people <laughs> as as they went through that station, um, processing up that wood, constructing the fire. There were some interesting techniques. I'm going to do everything one piece at a time and it, it they were burning through their wood before they got a chance to even get the flames yeah, high enough yeah. um so as you could tell the people that had that that bushcrafting experience and uh, i don't know about the other stations but i had several people say when is your next austere environment class because i don't know how to build a fire uh which is true in this day and age even myself uh, i mean I have a fire in the backyard what do i do I go to the wood shop, I grab some sawdust that I usually pour my barbecue grease into, and that's what I start my fire with, you know? I don't build it properly every time, uh, as I should. But that was something that I saw people taking away. I know what fire looks like, I know what right looks like, but I'm having a hard time doing it when I'm tired. Because we talked about in the survival, you're tired, you're hungry, uh, you're thirsty. It's not I just walked into the backyard and, and had to do this. Yeah. So I really liked the position that this was in the order of events. So at this point, they had walked what?
0: Easily
4: nine miles by that Nine Nine, yeah, ten. Yeah it, was, yeah,
1: it was towards the end. And so they're all physically smoked. They're physically smoked, yeah. and they're doing a task, a simple task. And one of the reasons why we didn't have a time standard for prepping the wood is I knew in their physical condition. That they were going to hurt themselves. Someone was going to... We, we call it the Mary-Kate where they're fatigued and they uh, yep. they end up cutting themselves because they're rushing and, and things like that. So it was a safety thing that did, they had time to process. Did anyone cut themselves? Did to... We did have one individual and he was really trying to hide it from me. He had his buddy like bandaging him up. Oh, um, really? Yes. Oh, okay. Because yep. uh, I know uh, one of my boys
0: uh, nicked himself and he's like, oh, daddy, I, I need, need a Band-Aid. So I awarded him with a PJ mask, band uh, bandaid for his, his, finger. Oh, you didn't he, see that.
1: He did not see that. He, uh, he did not want to embarrass himself in okay. front of me. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it was because I was glaring at your boys. the entire I'm sure, time. I'm sure. I'm sure you you're know, like, I expect so much more out of you. Yeah, those poor kids. I mean, I they, I they feel like lit- I have to do it because if
2: I don't, he'll yell at me. <laughs> so I'm like, hey man, I got to be tough on you because you're done, nah. you know. If,
1: if those kids lit their fires in like two minutes, like start to finish process, the block guys still look at them and be like, you could have done better. That's right. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I I love the fire station. I I I hope we have that again next year.
0: So after the fire station, then they went uh, to the. Second to last they, station, they got to go to
2: my dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to your adopted dad, dude. Uh, everybody thinks he's your dad now. By the way,
1: uh, like well, he, your legit not, dad, and, and he's like, I thought he was. I, yeah. I, wish you would say I was like your older brother. I'm like, yeah, but you're the same age as my dad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they went to the, the Flintlock station.
4: Yeah, Flintlock. That was you know. I get to run an axe running booth, but the flintlock was my favorite station. Yeah. Like, that was super cool. You're, I don't know. I can't remember the actual year of the gun, but it was a smooth bore flintlock. You know, I'm left-handed. So all this stuff is on the wrong side of the gun uh-huh. for me. You know, I'm going to have this flash of powder go off right in front of my face.
1: You know, what's funny <laughs> like, is, did you know that that was a left-handed gun? No. That, yes. So my adopted father, and he is adopted. um but I really like the guy. I mean, he is awesome. He is left-handed. So that is a
4: left-handed gun. And you know, you say that, and I'm sitting here thinking about it in my head, you're right, all that stuff is on the left yes, side. Yes, so you're you could, you could right. do everything with the left hand, yes. Yeah, so, okay, and I was totally prepared for the whole right-hand scenario <laughs> with that. And the first, you know, it was really, really damp. There was a lot of rain that yesterday out there in the afternoon, so the first three times I tried to pull the, tr- Trigger on that flintlock, nothing happened. Yeah. So, like, the no first spark. first time, there's no spark, no nothing, and I know I'm just supposed to hold still because, like, how long is the delay? Yeah. I know there's a delay, <laughs> but it ought to be a little, like, a little peppier. So the second time, you know, I'm, like, getting a little bit nervous about it. Third time, I flat out flinched. So, <laughs> so we reloaded again. All right, I'm going to try it one more time. And I sit down take a good shooting position, and i got my hands really tight together. I'm completely forgetting about the flash pan you know and chris you were videoing oh, it. oh is that what got you that's what got me yeah you know, i completely forgot about it had a really tight uh, really tight shoot position lifted up settled down exhaled had a good natural point of aim set up did it again boom shot goes off i can't see anything there's smoke everywhere my right hand hurts can't figure out why so i just held on with my left hand and i'm shaking my right hand yep. trying to figure out what just happened When the the hammer fell down and hit the striking pan, the pan flips forward to open the flash pan so that powder can burn. And when it flipped forward, it pinched my finger between the barrel and the flash pit. <laughs> I thought you got a little spark on it or something. No, I did yeah. too. But yeah, it was just that that metal pinch. You know, and I felt like a little kid. I'm just sitting there. I'm grinning ear to ear. And it was a, you oh, hit yeah. it. And I'm like, I did. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. But I hope everybody else that got to shoot that stage, they had that same experience, whether they hit the apple or not. That's over like 100, 150 year old. You know, technology that we're shooting. Yeah. And what I really loved about it is let's let's imagine you're out there 150 years ago and you're deer hunting and it's damp and you spent all day tracking this deer and you set up and you cock the hammer back and you get the shot and you pull the trigger click and the deer runs off because yep. you fa- know me know you're not even nothing tonight and just just being able to experience that little bit of frustration be like man I I personally am an avid hunter you know, I feed my family with wild game. So I've been in that situation and had a misfire yeah. before and just it kind of like brought it all home that this used to happen to these guys all, all the, the time. time. Yeah.
2: Was it I talking to you about that the Meat Eater show? Were, no, I don't oh, think I were. was talking to somebody one of the episodes on Meat Eater, he went out Flintlock hunting in Pennsylvania and that happened to him. He had a deer come up and all you heard was click and then the deer ran off. because yeah, it it was
1: snowing, so <laughs>
4: yep you
1: got
2: to you keep can, your
4: powder dry. Yeah. You can almost hear your heart sink.
1: Yep. <laughs> and that event, it was, again, we're out at Chacho talking about how important that we have that in it. Yeah. And how awesome was it that we had an individual that he had the equipment. Who's that, your dad? My dad, yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, that that has that knowledge. I look at it, shoot, mm. The majority, mass majority, I may have two guns that aren't from this century, you know. Um, those are things that we can't let be lost. You know, uh, the, this next generation, you know, your boys, yeah. my daughters, they need to learn how to do those things just so we have that appreciation. Did did any of your daughters shoot? No, they didn't. They, My girls were all like, I don't want to take anything away from any of the participants. I don't want to take anything away from, you know, like they're, they're really worried about time and Yeah, You know, taking away from people. Um, But we are going to go up and visit Dad and uh, bring Grandpa some cookies (laughs) and uh, do some shooting up at his place. Cool. So, yeah, they're going to get an opportunity to do that. Yeah. All right, so then after
0: the, you know, the Black Powder or the Flintlock Station, then they uh, found the trail, followed the trail, and then came to the last station, which is the Med Station.
4: Well, let's back up a second because – after they get done at Flintlock, they left the path. They left the normal road, so it wasn't easy for them. They had to cross country. Yeah, you know they had to cut through, but there was no compass, no nothing. There was one or two arrows in the woods. They, had, they had to follow like, a sign. Yeah, they there had was, to follow the signs and follow a trail there to was get to that. Metal a station.
1: arrow. Yep. <laughs> Chris put up. <laughs> no, no, I did not put up that trail. Uh, you put up the arrow. No, there's two blue arrows out there. Was there two? There was okay, two. I only found yeah, it one. It was. Uh, I had to run down to open up the gate. And so I, I had to task someone to yeah. uh oh, really to, to put that trail up. Okay. And so they did a good job. They did so a thing. Yes, they because did. Well, the majority only Warren... of people found where they were supposed uh-huh. to go. Only yeah, one they, guy. They were able
2: missing. to follow the signs. We had to go get one guy, I think. But uh yeah, so yeah, they cut through a trail just because of the way the range was set, we had to kind of hey, and I have it to there. say,
1: when we were talking about different targets to shoot at, um I think the apple is an awesome, because that whole aim small, miss small thing. How awesome is that? You had a tiny target to hit. Yeah. With it, a smooth bore. Mm-hmm. If I
0: have my numbers correct, with all the participants, as well as additional people, like, like you, Martin, and you know, Abby, and, and uh, I think my daughter, I think she shot, and, and some other people who all shot, I think there were only four
2: hits. Yeah, four people hit, four. hit the apple. Yeah, and it blows up when you hit it, so that's cool. <laughs> it does. Like everybody likes when it explodes. Did you recover that bullet? No. Okay. There was just a graze on it. The one that was hanging there. I, I don't know. All I heard is, yeah. is uh, one of my boys said, "Oh, it, who
0: who hit it?" So, oh yeah, it's there. But I, he wanted the bullet. So yeah. all I heard is he said something to you guys. I don't know why he didn't stop and get it himself. Yeah, at the time, we we stopped and nothing there. Okay, no. all right so after that then they yeah, had a follow up path and got to the med station the last station so at this point now they are physically done in mentally done in because you know some of the that stock that's a mental thing more than yeah. it's just a physical thing um the Kim's game everything they've had to do so now this is when they're the most tired most exhausted most mentally spent they're 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 done so at the med station uh the blip that, that was read there was something like uh, from Thermopylae to Mogadishu, then plus the past 20 years, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you're, you're not done until you're done. You're not dead until you're really dead. You keep fighting until that you know, until I allow you to say, okay, now now you're dead. Now you can stop. So the guy running it asked, you know, which is your dominant arm? Oh, my, my, my right arm, or left arm, whatever. Okay, so right arm. Then they were required to uh, apply a tourniquet properly to the right arm after it was applied and proper nice and tight um so it was applied for real yeah like legit tight yeah
2: they couldn't use they couldn't use their fingers it was
0: supposed to hurt yeah Yeah. so after they properly applied that tourniquet and a lot of them i think were expecting okay that's it no that's when the time starts because at that point with their weekend only they had to field strip their weapon and we had a we had a a mat down for them to, you know, so they wouldn't get lost in the dirt, and that's what they had to do. And For some people, they got it pretty quick. Other people who, maybe they hadn't ever field stripped their weapon before <laughs> yep. with both hands, let alone now just attempting to do that with your their weak hand. Yeah, yeah, that took them by surprise, and and they already, like I said, smoked. But you know, they they had to do it.
2: Yeah, and while they're doing it, the just that overriding pain in that arm, uh-huh. just mentally crushing you. So trying, I mean. It was crazy to see because guys would, when you're putting your bolt back in, they would forget the charging handle. Or they. one guy had to bolt completely backwards trying to put <laughs> it in there. You know, like just that little bit fit. was just messing with them. Yeah. So, yeah, that
0: again, that was a pretty cool stage. And uh, the one person that, well, f- oh, actually, we had, do you remember how we failed that stage? I think we only had the. And failed by meaning they couldn't complete it. Almost everyone did complete it, some a little bit longer than others.
4: Well, there was one guy that didn't know how to field strip his AR at all. He'd never taken it apart, Uh never cleaned it, and they had to show him right there. They taught him right there on the spot how to field strip (gasps) it, which I thought that was awesome. You know, because it it was more about—then at that point, it's more about the instruction and the experience. Yeah, that that is. You know, it's just really awesome for them to do that. So I
0: think somebody had a Bren, and they— they couldn't yes, take that apart right
4: the brain uh, another yeah. guy had a
1: Aug. and uh it, it was with, very hard at, because i knew it was coming uh-huh. and i could see how fatigued these guys were uh-huh. at, at my station and i would see you know i see the the guy with the og and he's a great guy and i kept saying oh you're gonna you're gonna really appreciate that dog uh-huh. <laughs> you know one of his good buddies
0: and they've been friends i don't know for 30 years or whatever has been telling him for for a decade or more why don't you get rid of that AUG and get an AR? Why don't you get rid of that AUG and have an AR? So he was made sure he was there at that stage for <laughs> to
2: object. I've been telling you for years. Yeah, <laughs> medic, he's like, man, I haven't seen a crowd here all day. And then all of a sudden, you that was like the inside joke uh, of all the instructors. Like,
1: all right. Well, I will say is <coughs> that uh, all guys here. As a child of the 80s, you know, there are those, the iconic toy guns that I will at some point own. And, uh-huh. you know, toy isn't, yes, it's a, a real firearm, but I only use it to play with. Uh, you go to the range and just sh- shoot and have fun. The Styrog is one of them. You know, I'm, I'm from the 80s. You know, I appreciate it for its movie value. <laughs> now, I had to leave. Die hard, right? I had to leave
0: halfway right. th- through that one to go do some other stuff. But I wanted to see it as well. <laughs> um, he did
2: get it apart, didn't he? And he did get it all back together? Uh, he was not able to get the the back push pin where you push it halfway okay. out. Okay. And then, Okay, uh, take the, uh, okay. the I action thought stock he, off. Th- yeah. okay. The one guy that I he did. got s- it sorry go ahead all the way down to that point but he just couldn't get that pin out. gotcha the one uh the one man
0: amongst all those men who was there with a fnfal i did watch him do that and that,
2: that was pretty oh good. he actually did really good yeah first time he ever took the bolt apart one hand
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so with with that particular weapon system we had to uh jared made a adjustment to the how far he had to disassemble for him because obviously he's, different weapon yeah. system so he came up with taking the bolt apart like separating the bolt out so yeah that but was he good. actually did really well on it his time was solid too yeah so again i thought that was one of the
0: that was a perfect stage to, to finish on putting yeah. everything together okay you've sucked you're hurt you're not done till we say you're done yeah and yeah that was great so then after that they went on to uh
2: i guess to the admin tent oh before go, you go sir. i gotta i gotta make fun of the pilot because. She was running the timer, and there was a couple of times her being me the medic like stop time. And she's over there like not even paying attention. So hopefully she listens to this. Oh, and, yeah. and laughs. I sure. told her I was gonna bust her out on <laughs> it. So. Yeah. So what you're saying is some guys got a little little extra time because of her? No, no. no. Oh, okay. N- Nick was all over it. Yeah, he, he, was. he looked down and saw it. He's like, "Don't worry, I got it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad they were there. They're, yeah, they're cool. No, they're they're good people.
0: All right, so then that was the last one. Then they went to uh, the admin station, turned in all their their paperwork and stuff. And yeah, that was a great experience. So what we did is we tallied up all the the stations, set the grades, and then uh, we figured out who was the first, second, and third. And everyone who participated, everyone who was there, they got a light fighter shirt, as well as some other stuff they'll be getting uh, in in the mail and stuff when they get their cert for, for being there and and everything Uh, one thing that they will be getting is we have american light fighter tab and then we also have pennsylvania the more exclusive pennsylvania light fighter tab and uh you know tab scroll whatever you want to call it so it'll
1: it'll look nice on on top of a lodestone patch yeah And and i'm just saying Wear those things, class with some pride. Uh-huh. Now, now, do they bo- Do they get both,
0: or
2: do you got to earn oh, no. Pennsylvania? Oh no, the, the Pennsylvania definitely is, is more exclusive. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you that, didn't get this year, there's you next know, year. Come on out next year, that's right, and try and
1: earn that one. And like we say with the Bray, you earn it every day. That's right. That's, that's right. right. Just because you finish this competition, you still got to live this way. Darn right. Yeah. So after we tallied up the, the scores and we figured out who was first,
0: second, third. Uh, we went ahead and yeah, you know, we gave them the awards. Some of them, you know, some of the uh, awards we didn't have there, or like for the rifle itself, you know, they'd have to go. They're gonna go through, through the, the local dealer. Yeah, yeah. Do that. So then we gave out the awards, and
4: for third place, uh, the winner received a well what did get? They got a Mossy Forge uh, Viking Axe. Uh, it's a Type C historical, but we put the uh, Hollywood-style tapered beard on it. Okay. Like, the, like you see uh, Ragnar carrying around in the Viking show.
0: Nice. 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 And I didn't handle that one, but if it's like any of your other ax- yeah. axes, it's... Yeah, it's Thank definitely fun, you functional. Actually,
4: you own one of them. Oh. You do you do own a bike. You know, It was one of the oh. first axes you bought for Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh, I, I have that. I, I think Jared actually has a private room somewhere in his house that's just my weapon. Yes. Just stuff that I—because uh-huh. he's, like, been sporting me since the get-go. Whereas it's just, just my stuff hanging on the wall or in a trunk or somewhere. That,
0: that one, I—oh, man, what can I say? Let me be very careful about how I say this.
4: Did you break it?
0: No, I didn't break it. No, no, no. I'm—break it. That's, that's funny. It's that's one of the funniest things you ever said. I'm
4: still waiting for somebody to send me one back broke so yeah. I can see what's going on yeah. inside.
0: You know what? I'll, I'll save this story because I'll think about how I can say it without violating any, like, <laughs> things. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll save it for that. Okay, so third place, they got that ax. They also got a focus group uh, um, med kit. So then the second place, they got the
4: danax danax and explain that one uh danax is a historically accurate danax it's the it's also my first attempt at making a proper danax uh did it in the uh, baltic style and a 33-inch handle, antiqued, and uh, we also put a balance pommel on the end of it. And I love that the guy that won it is about the size of Gimli. <laughs> you know, so he's standing there, and his axe is almost as tall as he is. Yeah, it's just really awesome. And it, is, yeah, just yeah. really awesome. No,
2: and it came out too because it was super light. Yeah, like I mean, it, it perfect.
4: The total weight uh, was pound and three quarters, yeah. two pounds, I think. Like for perfect the total weapon. It, yeah, that's it awesome. was
2: very nice. Thank you. And yeah. super sharp
4: very very sharp and and we did explain that to the winner that uh those axes were more designed for limb severing than actually like chopping wood yeah yes you know that it, it wasn't designed to go out and chop down trees with it. so yeah yeah he had that understanding but yeah. really honored to be able to make those trophies for this contest bro the, the glint in his eyes he was, he was <laughs> right <laughs> oh yeah did up I, I think he won
0: we did another comp that that same guy um I might have to ban him for future competitions for the next couple of years. But I, I think it might have been in last Christmas. Um, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, he, I th- he won, and he got one of the light fighter knives. And he was he actually had a choice of a, something that might have been valued more, a little bit nicer. And he's like, no, I want that, and, and grabbed that, that knife. Oh, don't ban him. No, he's yeah.
4: the guy to beat. Invite him back every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, make him the guy to beat.
2: That's right.
0: OK. Yeah. So then in addition to, to the Dane Axe, he also, uh, second place also, is going to be getting a UW Gear Minuteman uh, chest rig. Awesome. And so it hasn't been made yet because uh, UW Gear wants to know what, what pattern camouflage he wants it in. So UW Gear, they do stuff in Pencott as well as regular woodland and a lot of different color schemes and stuff. So, yeah. so that's
1: Essentially, pretty Essentially, cool. that's
0: going to be a custom rig. Yeah, the, it, yeah. exactly.
1: There's other stuff in Coyote Tan and Multicam. <laughs>
0: amazingly yes yeah. oh my yes, gosh
1: i wonder if they make my mind a... is blown brushstroke okay oh, man. <laughs> man don't even say that man, maybe, maybe you should have competed uh, uw gear if you have brushstroke you have my money <laughs> <laughs>
0: so then first place first place also got a focus uh group um med kit. med kit and then also won the light fighter rifle so this is a custom
1: rifle that we picked all the, the stuff we wanted in. Jared it. and I have been talking about this this particular rifle since two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Uh and we wanted that light, you know, just duty rifle, you know, something that you could grab and you could go ruck thirty miles and mm-hmm. do something with that was necessary. Uh the modern version of the uh the Minuteman uh musket. Yeah. And I'm really happy with that. The oh, way that, that thing turned, was turned out sweet. Tell us, yeah. tell us a little bit what was so, in that thing. You know, we we did a lot of aero precision. Um, those of you that you know come out to our ranges, you see, we have a lot of aero precision. They make good quality stuff. Uh, their their background comes from uh, the um, aeronautics, you know, making parts for planes and helicopters and stuff like that. So they're very precise. And they're not uh, crazy expensive. They haven't got into their head that we're, you know, oh, the army buys our stuff, so now we can charge three times the price. Um, we put an ALG trigger in there that is just sweet. Oh man, that thing is a very nice I, trigger. Hey, it it's amazing that trigger. I have said for uh, for Oh no, I'm not going to put uh, aftermarket triggers in my guns. I'll stick with a, a mil spec trigger. I'm happy. I clean them up by polish. I gotta I gotta be honest. I really like that trigger. Yeah. Um, I wanted to put an A2 birdcage on it because, you know, I think that's a great flash hider, but I'm not the boss. So we put a Smith Vortex on it instead. Which might be better, but, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a good choice. Uh, So because I am the resident artist here on the the crew, you know, I (laughs) I did live in California for some time, and my parents uh, are – Tree huggers. I believe that's the term my mother would like me to use now. Not hippie. I can't we, say hippie. can't say, hippie. say that Yeah, yes. those are bad Hippies people. Uh, she likes plants. Um, so I have a little artistic. Uh, so coming from fifth group where Jared and Chris and I have our backgrounds, we had to put that. Flat, yeah, the Legion. We had to put the flat dark earth. Just kind of in memory of all the uh, tan humvees that we have spent <laughs> so many years in. Uh, so it's not just a black rifle. Yeah. Um, there is some some mix-up in the, the the pattern, and that was intentional choice um, to give it that artistic and it, flair. It looks good. Yeah, I'm really Not happy, that. like it I said. It turned out good. I put that thing together, and uh, I was happy with everything that we chose to put in that. Yeah. And it wasn't like, a, you know, a year ago if we had built that rifle, it would have been, what's available? Because a year ago we were doing that. When we were all building our rifles, we were putting stuff, you know. I, I've got an Odinworks rail on on one of my guns because that was what was available at the time. When this rifle, because we knew well in advance that we were having, it, we waited till parts came in. We we got stuff over time, and so a lot of thought went into that gun. Yep. So, you who won, you got a very nice gun. Yeah, and well deserved too. I mean. Yeah, let's
0: let's talk about that. Um, we are purposely we are purposely not saying their names Uh, we'll get their permission later on then you know if we put their names out on the social media posts when we say you know the first second third Uh, but that guy uh, he wasn't like a superstar he did he did shoot high. He was the highest scorer when it came to actual shooting. But like we mentioned before, that wasn't weighed more than anything else. And he did hit the apple. Yes, and he did hit the apple. So, again, those ones, they weren't weighed any more than, than anything else. Uh, every stage was, as far as scoring goes, was treated equally. So it's just important for you to, to succeed at the Kims game as it was you know, anything else. Yeah,
4: The thing that uh, I think I would really want to emphasize on the most was his positive mental attitude. Throughout the entire competition, whenever I saw that guy, he wasn't just smiling. It wasn't just on his face. His eyes were smiling. His attitude was lit up. He was encouraging other people. He lived up to the idea of the light fighter. He was shining his light. No matter who else was looking, he was doing his best and shining his light. And he did perform well across the board, but spoke to most of me is I would not have picked him out of the crowd to be the winner. He was average Joe. He yep. was straight up. He's just an average guy. Uh, I'd even put him probably about twenty pounds overweight. Yep. You know <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And I hope he's listening. I hope that. he's listening. I hope he heard that. We all have something to work on there. But with all that, he deserved it. Yeah, yeah. he won it because he I deserved it. I think he it. was
2: shocked that he he got it too. I and think he's still shocked.
0: Yeah, probably. And, and honestly, yeah, I mean my reaction when abby handed me the paperwork if you were looking at me that was real I'm like him and yeah you had
4: some <laughs> genuine disbelief yeah. like it was almost snarky yeah like did and, you add this up right we got to check this
0: and and i know know him love him he pushes himself at every class that, that he comes to he's, he's just a great guy but he you know we talk so often about being the gray man but dark chris you stand out i stand oh. out you stand out. He blends in better than the rest of us, and, and that's what the, took him by surprise. And I it?
1: will say, yeah, I was not shocked. Yeah? Oh, good for you. Because of the consistency that he performs. Yeah. Every time. Uh, we have lots of students that come to a lot of classes. He is one of those individuals that if I talk about, this is a dry fire technique. The next time I see him in class, he has not only mastered it, but he's found a way to make it a little bit better for himself. And he has implemented it. That man is consistent, and that is what being the light fighter is. Yeah, being consistent, being dependable. He is in my my circle of dependable people. Yeah. If I had to go do some some work in a bad place right now, even though he might might could use to do a little bit more cardio like me, um, so we'll just well, walk slow. I'll,
4: no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something about that right there because I'm on the opposite end of that. Doing what I do for a living, I run a consistent five to six body uh, percent body fat. Right. Uh, I'm an amateur bodybuilder. I love the gym. I uh, think the human body is a biomechanical machine that requires at least a 15% fat content. We have to have that healthy layer of uh-huh. fat. If you don't, you wind up like some of the guys that were on the course that were a little too white and pale and peaked and didn't have any energy to keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, let's not knock on the pot yeah, belly all that but much. I,
1: like I said, I'd take him. I'd take him with me. Hell yeah. Um, because of that consistency. And dependability, and it really showed in his performance throughout this uh, this competition. Yeah, great dude. And he was fighting himself. Yes, 100%. and he ended up winning. Yep. Yeah.
0: that you know that can't be any more true than that because he was. I he doesn't have an ego, at least no not one that I've seen. No. So you I mean, and that was him to a T. Yeah. You know, just supporting encouraging other people yeah. and the only person yeah. he was honestly competing against was himself yeah. and
4: anyone well, when you talk about the light fighter concept mm-hmm. you really emphasize on the fighting that we got to keep fighting you got to keep yep. pushing through and that's true you gotta you gotta fight past the setbacks you gotta fight past the injuries the 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 day-to-day things that happen in our lives yeah but you got to do it with the light you know and i think it's just as important to focus on the light side of this that we do it with a positive mental attitude we do it because we're competing with ourselves we're not competing against anybody else we do it because we love the people that we're trying to protect yes there are bad people out there but there's a lot of good people out there too you know and this competition really focused on that yeah you know that really brought light to it
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's awesome (laughs) well I would have to say that yesterday, as we're recording this today, uh, yesterday that life fighter challenge was definitely a success. Uh, I have already had two inquiries about if we could take this on the road and do it at some other locations. Um, possibly we can. That would would love to do that. Would love nothing more than to do this and turn this into a, a thing. Okay. But in order to do that, we would definitely have to
2: uh, find the right location okay. yeah. in order yeah. to to pull something like light this off. Light fighter east versus light fighter west. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Then we would come in the middle, <laughs> take the warrior trail. That's right. Meet up in the middle. Um, <laughs> you see? know, I He's got, I got the gears. got yeah. the gear spinning. Yeah. On I know. Him. He's I know. already thinking so like, about oh, I got this.
1: I'll, I'll <laughs> say. I'll <laughs> say right now that <laughs> this was such an awesome opportunity for me um you know i've had a lot of stuff going on lately and uh to be able to come out and be in the woods with family and to do these things it was awesome jared and i saw each other at the bottom of the mountain we were filling up our our trucks to head home and i just thanked him because i am so glad to be part of this and all of you out there uh that missed out of this experience i really hope you get there for the next one yes
0: there will be a next one so we're already planning and preparing for, for the one we're going to do next year. And it'll be a lot of the same things, but there are also going to be some different things, different stages because we want to keep you guessing. And if anything, next year's is going to be better than, than what we did this year. So again, thank you. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.
2: And gentlemen in England, now are bed, shall think themselves a they were not here, and hold their manhood's cheap. While any speaks
3: that fought with us upon Saint Crispin's day. Yeah! Yeah!